Listening to Faith and Family, I'm Andy Bates. What are the the ongoing changes in American healthcare? What does this uh, this landscape of American healthcare look like today? We're going to talk about that in just a moment. Thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting Faith and Family. Find out more about them. Just go to kfuo.org. Look for the Concordia University, Wisconsin logo in the sponsor section. In studio with me today. Andrew Fondo. He is the Director of Healthcare and Ancillary Products at Concordia Plan Services and a friend of KFUO as well. Proud supporter of Worldwide KFUO. Last time in the studio here for share Glad to have you back in studio today, Andrew. Wonderful to be back. Uh, January 19th is just around the corner, and that's the day that my wife and I have picked for uh, day sponsorship, so we're happy to do that. January 19th. Now, what is, uh, what's special about that day? Well, uh, first of all, it was uh, 96 years ago that my grandmother was born. And then uh, sometime after that, I was born on that day. So uh, we share the same birthday. Well, that is uh, that's spectacular. Thanks for being a, a supporter of KFUO, day sponsors, and, and being a part of this. And But that you know that's only a small part of, of why you came up today, oh, right? Yes, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> no, we, you and I like to talk about what is going on in healthcare. The seems like an ever-changing uh, scene here in the United States when it comes to uh, healthcare. What is what is your role at uh, Concordia Plan Services? What is healthcare and ancillary products? What is what do you do in, in, in at Concordia Plan Services that means you need to stay on top of what's going on in healthcare? First of all, I will tell you uh, a little bit about Concordia Plan Services just to set the stage, and then I'll then I'll go into uh, specifically what I do. So Concordia Plan Services is the uh, benefits provider for uh, workers and their families in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Um, and so we have uh, roughly about 17,000 uh, people that are, are the workers that subscribe to the health care plans that we offer, about 35,000 uh, total uh, family members that, uh, that are on those plans with them. And then uh, we cover about 30,000, a little bit over 30,000 in the retirement plan as well. Um, and, and my area of focus is on the uh, health plan side, um, and where I help to set the uh, vision and uh, the direction of where we go uh, to support um, the workers and their families to make sure they, one, stay healthy, two, don't fall in uh, troubled times when something major happens, so the, the plan design that's there to help them financially. Um, and, and three, really, to make sure that uh, those that we uh, contract with, the outside vendor partners that we use, that they are administering the plans in the, in the correct form and fashion. So, uh, yeah, you're correct. Lots has changed over the, the last uh, several years. Um, but I think it'll help as we go through this conversation uh, really to look at healthcare much uh, broader than what the discussion has been lately in the news, which seems to be about uh, who's going to pay for it, right? Uh, that definitely is a conversation to have, uh, but healthcare is much deeper than that, and so we'll get into a little bit of that today. How do you stay, because it's an ever-changing issue, how do you stay on top of the the topic? How do you stay on top of the issues? And how do you know that you're getting accurate information? Mm, that that's a that's a great question. So one of the things that that I always uh, tell people is because the price has been driven up so high. 
um, conversations happening every, every single day right. uh, of what's going on. You know, I, I think back to uh, an example that I often use for Concordia Plan Services when we talk about brand loyalty. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of... Uh, go back to tissue paper and say, what type of tissue paper am I going to use when I have a runny nose, right? Uh, most people think of Kleenex, but you can get uh, Kleenex in a way that is uh, 25 cents a box, or you can get it a dollar a box and it has some nice lotion and, and softness to your face, right? We don't really think much about uh, which one we're going to purchase. We automatically go to, oh, I like this. This is a soft one. I can afford a dollar box of tissue paper. When it comes to healthcare, uh, we're talking about much larger numbers. So uh, when it when it comes to where am I going to get my insurance from, what hospital am I going to go to, uh, we're not talking about a dollar. We're talking about thousands of dollars. And so uh, this this conversation, because we're talking about thousands of dollars, it has come in in our face through the news outlets, uh, as well as uh, periodicals that I subscribe to. And then I also stay very active um, in a lot of, of um, entities, one being the St. Louis Business Health Coalition that uh, I'm on their board of directors. And then I'm also on the advisory board uh, for the Midwest CPAC, which is, was set up um, through uh, a company called ICER that's out there. It's a nonprofit, which is uh, the Institute for Clinical uh, and Economic Review, which looks at uh, value-based uh, pricing when it comes to prescription drugs. They bring a lot of information my way uh, that I have to go through and look to see what's going on uh, in the the areas of both the health side and the and the uh, prescription drug side of things. So a lot of reading. Um, some of it can be validated through data, so we know there are hard factual things that are going on. Um, and then others you have to sift through and make sure that you're not getting a political bend to this, that it really is something that is uh, uh, meant to help the, the person at the end user. It, it certainly is a, a political issue, too, in, in many ways. Uh, how I, I, And I suppose healthcare has for a long time been a political issue. I, I guess I well I, I want to ask the question why, but that's probably another four hour program. Well, yeah, actually, when you, when you had had come to me and asked about this, uh, talking about this, I thought, boy, I hope he's going to provide lunch, dinner, and breakfast the next day because there is so much to talk about here. Um, I, I'm I'll take a little different spin to this, Andy, and say um, uh, yes, it's become a political issue. Uh, first and foremost, it's an emotional issue. Um, what you are talking about here is uh, somebody's life or somebody close to you's uh, life. Um, we don't really talk about healthcare when we're healthy. That, that's that's kind of the the part that that has troubled us for some time. In that um, many of us take better care of our cars than we do our own bodies. Right. So so people tend to go in and, and see a little sticker in the upper left hand part of their uh, windshield for their car and say, oh, it's time for an oil change. I didn't hear anything wrong with my car. I didn't I didn't see anything wrong with my car, but I had this reminder and I go and do it. Now, is it is it right perfectly at the two thousand or three thousand mile marker? No. Some people try and stretch that out a little bit further than others. Um, and others are very diligent about it. Uh, but there's a very rare occasion where somebody goes, I'm going to skip about 
about 10 times of this and just bring it right into the shop when it's on its last leg. Um, that, that can be the case for us. Uh, and so now you see a high cost coming into play. Uh, you're seeing people that are uh, not able to go to their specific doctor that they want to because of things that happen on the insurance side. So it's an emotional issue. And what happens in emotional issues is they bring it back to those that they feel can do something about it. Uh, and typically that's a congressman, senator that they feel can change this. And so it becomes a political issue. Um, and and that part, again, uh, hasn't always been the case for us. Um, this, this wasn't something that was a political issue years and years ago. In fact, I'll tell you, um, in speaking with, with my grandma about this um, uh, several years ago, she remembers my, my grandpa was a banker and she can remember when they first got insurance. And uh, it was really to cover one night's stay in the hospital that you would be responsible for. Uh, and then the rest would be picked up from there. So it was like a, a $100 deductible, yet she had to pay for every doctor's visit. She had to pay for every prescription drug that, that, uh, that she needed. And it was really there in case something catastrophic happened. Um, so a $100 deductible that, that year would probably have been in the 1950s, somewhere in there. Uh, and I am uh, happy or sad to report we still offer plans through Concordia Plan Services, as do all the carriers that are $0 deductible plans. Now, we've moved from the 1950s all the way into the 2000s, and we still have a deductible and, and a way in which insurance is acting uh, like my grandma had back in the 50s. Uh, I can tell you the cost of a hospital stay is not $100 anymore unless you walk in the door, say hi, and leave. That might be $100. (laughs) Um, But outside of that, we haven't really kept up on that, which has really caused us not to engage, right? Mm -hmm. That's a real problem that we have going on. Now, I have found that with a, a, a plan, a high deductible plan, I like it because I feel like I have, um, more control over the the services that I choose mm-hmm. and that I use um, using the high deductible plan uh, coupled with an HSA that I then can put more into preventative care and wellness, which then seems to be working so far from preventing any mm-hmm. chronic illnesses or or anything that. Um, that would seem to be more expensive on the other side of, of you know, becoming sick and, and, and having to, to care for, uh, you know, provide care in that case. Sure. So uh, I'm just going to tell you, uh, again, getting into the emotional side, easy for you to say as a young, healthy individual, right? Well, it's nice of you to call me young. Right, exactly. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I, I got to at least, you know, uh, call out what, what I see here, Andy. So your gray hairs haven't come in, so Gary must be treating you right here at KFUO. <laughs> um, so I, I think that that part, again, you saying that, I will tell you, I've said that many a times in presentations that I've done and have, have gotten pushback. Because somebody is sitting out in the audience um, that that makes um, you know a a lower uh, wage than than what they feel is fair. Um, perhaps they've made choices in other areas. Perhaps not that that they could uh, free up some cash. But then they're also sitting there with something that they didn't ask for, mm-hmm. which is a, a disease that that costs a lot of money. 
Um, and this is this is where the uh, this does this emotional crosses over to the political spectrum. So if you if you really look at at the news these days, and what you hear is a constant conversation around who will pay for this, and you hear a constant conversation about something called pre-existing conditions. Uh, for somebody like myself that that really has had almost my entire career be in this space, I will tell you this is one of the most maddening things for me to hear is this conversation around pre-existing conditions. Um, when the insurance companies are really the ones that made up this term of pre-existing condition, and when they made up that term of pre-existing condition, what, what that was for was before the uh, Affordable Care Act was passed, um, you went through a form of underwriting to purchase your insurance. If you had insurance all the way through, uh, you you could not have pre-existing conditions put on you. Okay, so I could I could have a coverage today. I could uh, come down with cancer and. I would not have pre-existing condition limitations put on me because I continue to have coverage. Uh, where pre-existing limitations came into play was when someone went without coverage for longer than 63 days and then tried to purchase insurance. Uh, what that says is, uh, I do not want to have a homeowner's insurance until the house is, is burning, and then I'm going to call my insurance agent, and then I'm going to uh, purchase insurance at that point in time. Uh, that's not how insurance works, right? Or we would not be able to form ho afford homeowners insurance. Uh, you got to keep it. Uh, what what the problem in this country is around this is around something called guarantee issue, which said, okay, Andy's trucking along, he's got his insurance, and all of a sudden uh, he comes down with some terrible illness. He comes up for renewal, and do we have to offer him insurance? No, we don't. We can just drop him. That has nothing to do with pre-existing limitations. That has everything to do with guarantee issue. We don't want to. We don't want to insure Andy anymore because, again, taking it back to the homeowner's insurance, his house is on fire, and we know we have to pay for this year over year. We don't want to do it. That's a real problem. Uh, we we have a challenge in this country of which we have to look at ourselves and just say, how are we going to pay for the care for people that have a chronic illness? Um, and uh, I dare say that that was something the church stepped up to do uh, years ago was to take care of those folks. Uh, and over time, it, this became a political issue. And now all of a sudden we see in some areas the church stepping back uh, and, and allowing the government just to say, we're going to figure out how this is done. Uh, who wouldn't want to help out their, their uh, friend in need to the best that they could when they have some ailment that they, they did not ask upon themselves? The other part here, Andy, and then I'll, I'll uh, let you ask the question because this is a big piece. The other part is uh, the, the hard piece to slice and dice is what did I ask for myself, meaning I didn't take care of myself, therefore I got it. I made it. choices. Yes. yes. And what did I not ask for? And this is something that, that we struggle with as far as the payment for that is the exact same in our world. Uh, we pay for it whether you brought it on yourself or it was something that was brought to you. Um, and that's, again, another challenge that we face. Another reason that I have been, my family has made use of a high deductible plan is that, and using the HSA, is because we get to choose. I, I've, we, we seem to have more freedom in, in where we use those dollars. Mm. Um, we appreciate that, that we have the freedom. You know, we're going to be spending money on health care. Either way, whether we're going with a high deductible plan or or a traditional like PPO, 
either way, we're going to be spending money on healthcare. With the HSA, we feel like we have more choice, you know, more say in what physicians or what healthcare providers we're going to go to. Um, and the, the, the quality of those providers as well seems it's perhaps they're more in line with, uh, with what we value or what we see as important. Yeah, so that that piece, just to to clarify that, um, that it does come a little apart with the with it comes with the high deductible plan. But really, what that comes down to again on the insurance side is that you're affiliated with a, a PPO, which is a preferred provider organization. So uh, you yourself have a plan that goes through Blue Cross. Blue Cross has gone out and said, here are the doctors and hospitals that we're going to contract with. Um, you can go see any one of those that you're choosing without having a gatekeeper like the old days of the HMO world. Um, we're seeing that start to shift a little bit because, um, you know, Blue Cross, uh, it depends on the region that you're in, but Blue Cross typically has about 96 to 98 percent of all physicians in their network. Um, it, you know, uh, somebody that we work with very closely uh, says, what do you call the doctor that finished last in his or her class? Doctor. Right. So if you have 96% of all doctors in your network, you have the A students, you have the B students and the C students. Right. Um, and how do I know which one my doctor was? Uh, I typically am, am uh, uh, asking the neighbor, you know, uh, who do you go to or asking friends, where do you send your kids? Uh, not knowing really uh, what the quality is. It's just an anecdotal story. Mm -hmm. um, and so what's happening now is you're starting to see companies come out that are trying to to give more information into the hands of you the consumer so that you can go out and start to do things like a consumer report and look at do i really want to take my child to this doctor uh, if i knew that uh, the safety ratings at this hospital were such that i have a five percent chance uh, greater of actually dying after this surgery because infectious diseases are 5% greater at this hospital, would I make a different decision? And so uh, we're, what we're trying to do is, is link people up with that information. Uh, but because this is a political issue, it gets very difficult. Um, do, do you think then the, the, the changes in healthcare in America have, have moved us toward being more of an informed consumer? Rather yeah. than just absolutely and, going and, to the doctor, whatever you know, whatever doctor is on your plan, just going there and uh, accepting point blank whatever they tell you. Yes, a, 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 hands down, there's no doubt about that. Um, but again, it's an emotional thing. So uh, what we've done, for example, in the Houston market is we've partnered with uh, Cigna, who has a a, a um, really kind of precision-focused network down in the Houston area. And uh, for those listeners that that uh, understand the Houston market, and actually those that understand the, the market of uh, uh, who the leaders are in cancer uh, research and, and uh, treating, uh, in that market, we, we offer a plan that does not include MD Anderson as being in the network. Um, and I will tell you, that becomes a very emotional conversation because sure. who doesn't know somebody that has said, I have benefited greatly from going down to MD Anderson, or I knew somebody that did this from the cancer side. Um, what, what has happened in, in our society is uh, Mayo Clinic, Cleveland Clinic, um, uh, MD Anderson, BJC here in town, wherever your local uh, uh, big name teaching hospital is, they, they do wonderful things. 
Um, you know, there are certain hospitals that are only amongst the elite few that can do a double lung replacement in the country. Uh, you know, a heart transplant for a little baby. Only a couple can do that. And they get these this great name. The fact remains, most of us will not have that severe case that we need that facility for. Uh, and the doctors that are in there treating the day-to-day illnesses are no better or worse than the ones that you can go to at the hospital just down the road and get it for half, maybe even less than half the cost that you do at MD Anderson. So uh, what we're doing is coming in and saying, why are we allowing for people to go to these places? Because the information is readily available to us to see, sometimes not to the consumer. Uh, Why are we allowing for them to uh, make a a decision that is only going to increase the cost for them over time by going to a high cost provider? And we still reserve the right that if it is needed, to go to MD Anderson or to a Cleveland clinic or to a Mayo, then we send them there. Uh, so it's not a cut off cold turkey. It's steering them for the majority of their care into the right system, putting them in touch with the primary care doctor that becomes their quarterback uh, and really gets them to the right care at the right time. And I do believe that the changes that, that have come uh, will only continue to, to help us be more informed. How has... How have uh, prescription plans or prescription drugs changed uh, over the in, in this ever-changing landscape of American healthcare, American medicine? So you talked about the high deductible health plan, so I'll take it back to that. Um, when when we talk about high deductible health plans, we're talking about maybe a three thousand dollar deductible, maybe a two thousand dollar deductible, and people get frightened. What if on day one I have a bad car accident and I have to go to the doctor and I, you know I've got a two thousand dollar bill? Um, I will tell you that that's not as scary as somebody that uh, has a is on a prescription maybe for rheumatoid arthritis and has to take a shot that is uh, $3,000 plus, uh, and they have to do that twice a month maybe, so $6,000 a month. Um, if I'm in a terrible accident, I can negotiate with the hospital provider to go on a payment plan. If I need to go to a Walgreens, CVS, Walmart, wherever to get my prescription, I can't negotiate the price of that. Right, I've got to have three thousand dollars right now today in order to walk out with that prescription drug, um, and and we're seeing prescription drugs continue to climb. So we've seen over the last couple of years, uh, insulin has risen 30, 40, 50 percent in cost. Uh, you saw the EpiPen piece that was all over the news of what the cost of that has gone up. Um, we now for the first time have a, a shot out for um, a, a very rare spine disease that is a million dollars per shot. Mm. Um, these are serious conversations that, that we have to take up uh, amongst just our, our brothers and sisters to say, uh, how are we going to pay for this? And one of the things that I propose is this com- kind of comes full circle to what we were talking about in the beginning. We have the ability to pay for these rare illnesses that people have and the great medical marvels that have come out uh, to help people cure these diseases or stop them. If we could just stop those that were avoidable in the first place, it would free up a lot of cash for us. Uh, so one you know, type 2 diabetic costs anywhere between $8,000 and $12,000 a year in, in the healthcare system. Uh, there are millions of people that suffer from, from type 2 diabetes, some that didn't ask for it, but many because of a lifestyle decision uh, where they, they continued to go down a, a, the wrong path and we keep paying for it. We could repurpose those dollars if we could just slow that down or stop it. 
uh, and start to help people that have these illnesses that they didn't ask for. So prescription drugs continue to become expensive. There are a multitude of issues of why that is. Uh, the government is going to probably step in and, and try and solve for that. Uh, but uh, I, I don't know that I have much hope in that when you're talking about such high costs in those in those areas. We have just about two minutes left. Uh, other topics that uh, that rise to the top when it comes to this changing landscape of American healthcare. Yeah, so I, I think that, um, again, this goes back to what are we doing um, as a accountability, uh, a personal accountability for ourselves and taking care of ourselves. I think it's about us looking first to what am I doing to make sure that I can be the healthiest I can. The best claim I can have is no claim. Right. Uh, the best the best care I can give is to not have to go into care at all. So those things that I can be do to help avoid eating right, exercising, those sorts of things. The other part is um, it's very difficult for some of us. Some of us have a difficulty with a child that we're trying to raise. Uh, some of us have a difficulty in earning a, a, a good, healthy wage. Uh, others have uh, have a problem with not being motivated to do those things that that keep us healthy. So it's about us. Uh, reaching out across the the aisle to one another and saying, Andy, what can I do to help you? And I really want to encourage people that are in the uh, you know the parish setting, in the school setting, uh, reach out to your kid's teacher and say, what is it that I can do to help you? What can I do to help you, Pastor? Those you can great meet things. me at the park at 5.30 in the morning. There you go. To get some exercise. Yes, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> yep, that's it. Or or whatever time that is for you, Andy, let's do it, and we, we can hold each other accountable to doing that. So that that piece, again, we really need to make sure that we reach out and care for one another. Very good. Andrew Fondo, Director of Healthcare and Ancillary Products, Concordia Plan Services. Andrew, always a, a joy, a delight to talk with you about these issues, to learn more. I always feel enlightened, and uh, well, I appreciate it. Thank C- you. Concordia Plans, how do we find out more about Concordia Plans? Concordiaplans.org. Uh, you can go right to the, the website. Uh, it's there, and, and uh, waiting for people to see all the great resources for their ministry. Thank you, Andrew. Coming up in just a little bit. We revisit a conversation with missionary Sarah. Take some time to talk with some missionaries. Dennis Dino. You're listening to Worldwide KFUO. Concordia University, Wisconsin in Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.